What are you powerless over today? And what power does that give you? Welcome to episode 257 of The Recovery Show. This episode is brought to you by Susan, Mary, Debbie, and Clara. They used the donation button on our website. Thank you, Susan, Mary, Debbie, and Clara, for your generous contributions. This episode is for you. We are friends and family members of alcoholics and addicts who have found a path to serenity and happiness. We who live or have lived with the seemingly hopeless problem of addiction understand as perhaps few others can. So much depends on our own attitudes, and we believe that changed attitudes can aid recovery. Before we begin, we would like to state that though we at The Recovery Show may be in a 12-step program, we represent ourselves rather than the program. During this show, we will share our own experiences. The opinions expressed here are strictly those of the person who gave them. Take what you like and leave the rest. We hope that you will find something in our sharing that speaks to your life. My name is Spencer, and I'm your host today. I want to start with a reading. This is from our daily reader, Courage to Change, October 10th. The road to my hometown wound along a steep hillside. As a child, I was often afraid that our car would swerve too widely and go over the edge. I used to take hold of the rear door handle and try to prevent this. I was too young to understand that my actions could not influence the path of the car. Yet I often take a similar approach to my adult fears and persist in futile actions. Alanon helps me to accept what I cannot change and change what I can. Although I can't control the way alcoholism has affected my life, I can't control another person, and I can't make life unfold according to my plans. I can't admit my powerlessness and turn to my higher power for help. When I am the driver, the responsibility for steering clear of the road's edge is mine. It is up to me to take my recovery seriously, to work on my attitudes, to take care of my mind, body, and spirit, to make amends when I have done harm, in short, to change the things I can. Today's reminder, sometimes the only way I can determine what to accept and what to change is by trial and error. Mistakes can be opportunities to gain the wisdom to know the difference. At some of the meetings I attend, we talk about the first step whenever there's someone new to Al-Anon in the room. And so it was that on Sunday, I found myself reading from How Al-Anon Works, the first step discussion in that book, and considering how I was powerless in my life today. You know, I've found many opportunities to practice step one since I came to Al-Anon, and only a few of these relate to alcoholism or addiction. Certainly, in the early days, when I was living with active alcoholism in my home, my primary focus was on my powerlessness over the alcoholic and her drinking. I got to practice again and again, letting go of my overpowering need to control and to fix. As I did so, my frustration and anger that had so filled my life were relieved. I found myself able to attend to my own needs and wants. This weekend I had spent much of the time taking care of things that needed doing. And on Sunday afternoon, I was outside grinding rust off my car in preparation for repainting some spots. My phone rang. It was my brother, calling with tears in his voice. Our 87-year-old mother had fallen and hurt herself. She was being loaded into an ambulance to go to the hospital. My first thought was, I need to go there. I need to hop in the car and drive 500 miles right now. Pretty quickly, the wisdom of the program came to me, and I realized that that wouldn't really accomplish anything. So I took a deep breath, 
and I turned it over. I turned it over to my higher power to help me not worry. I turned it over to the EMTs and the doctors who would do their best to care for my mother. And I turned it over to my brother, my father, and my sister who are in the area and are able to be there and provide hands-on love and care. The wisdom to know the difference, as the serenity prayer puts it, told me that this was something that I could not change. I could accept it with serenity, and so I was able to keep on doing the things I needed to do that afternoon. And when I went to my meeting in the evening, I could put my phone on silent and be okay with it. Any call that might come in about her condition could wait an hour. Nothing would be that urgent when I'm 500 miles away. And as of this evening, barely 24 hours later, my mother was transferred to a larger hospital, had surgery to repair her broken leg. My wife, my daughter, and I sent a card, and my wife ordered flowers to be delivered to her hospital room. These are things we can do. I am not abdicating responsibility. I still might find myself driving that 500 miles, but at this point it appears that won't be needed, at least not in the immediate future. I had a conversation with my sister just after I wrote these words. It sounds like things are going probably about as well as can be expected. We talked about some of our concerns and our fears. And, you know, our gratitude that when she fell There were two other people in the house, my brother and my father, who could help her, that there was an ambulance, there was a hospital that she's being taken care of. Some years ago, my wife's stepmother, who was living alone after the death of her husband, fell sometime in the night, broke hip, leg, not sure, and was unable to to get up and couldn't do anything until somebody came in the morning and found her lying on the floor. I have just so much gratitude that my mother did not have to suffer through that sort of event. My sister said, you know, it probably would be good to come maybe for an extended weekend once she's in rehab, just to come and and be with her. And again, that is something that I can do and that I will do when it comes that time. I'm concerned. I have concerns about how this will work out for you. I know that one of the common causes of decline and death in elderly people starts with a fall. And yes, I that is there in my mind, but I don't have to have it there 24 hours a day. You know, this is a gift the program gave me, this power in recognizing my powerlessness. I don't have to spend my time, and I don't spend my time fruitlessly running that hamster wheel as As uh, Eric likes to say, you know, the hamsters are strapping on their Nikes, and I can say, no, breathe, pray. It will be okay. I will be okay. Whatever happens, whatever comes for her and my father, I will be okay. I know that because I have practice that in this program. I've practiced it over and over sometimes. What comes will come. I may be sad. 
I may be grief-stricken, but I am not, right now, I am not living in the wreckage of the future that hasn't happened and that may not happen. But by doing the things I can do, by taking care of myself physically, emotionally, spiritually, I will be ready, whatever comes. The quote from the reading I opened with comes from One Day at a Time in Al-Anon. It says, If a crisis arises or any problem baffles me, I hold it up to the light of the serenity prayer and extract its sting before it can hurt me. Of a few emails this week. Catherine H. wrote in response to Kathy H. Spencer, I love your podcast. I travel for work, and an Al-Anon friend mentioned your podcast as a way to stay connected. It has helped me so much. When I feel despondent or angry, I start listening and feel better. I sometimes resist what I need and don't make it out the door to a meeting. This is a way to stick my toe in the water, so to speak, when that's all I have in me, but need some help. I love all the different topics and the search option. I just search what emotion I'm feeling or step I'm struggling with, and up comes an episode with just what I need to hear. I did want to respond to Kathy H., whose daughter suffers from depression and self-harm. I also have a loved one with those struggles, and it can be quite scary. I was so happy to hear someone else ask about how this kind of situation breeds codependency in a way similar to alcoholism. I would love to hear a podcast on the topic of brain illness and Al-Anon and what we can get from Al-Anon to help ourselves and our loved ones who suffer from mental illness and also often addiction. Thank you for all you're doing, Catherine H. Indicator, Georgia. And thank you, Catherine. Evelyn writes, or maybe Evelyn, I'm not sure. Hi, Spencer. Just wanted to thank you first for doing a podcast that has provided me so much amazing guidance and insight over the past year or so that I have been listening. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. In particular, I also wanted to thank you for the recent podcast, number 254, where Mary and Ellen share their experience, strength, and hope surrounding their situations with their recovery and their sons. For the past couple of years, I have been coming to terms with the fact that my son is an alcoholic and have steadily been moving into acceptance of this, which has been incredibly painful. Up to this point, I had listened to the Parents' Roundtable episode a couple of times and definitely found it helpful. But for what seems a very long time, I have felt utterly alone in pain about my son. My story is a complicated one, isn't everyone's. But this is not my first time being in the front lines of dealing with a family member struggling with an addiction. My first go-round was with my ex-husband, my son's father, who struggled with an addiction that threatened to destroy mine and my children's lives. They were tiny and a great therapist pointed me in the direction of Al-Anon. The strength I gained during the couple of years I attended meetings helped me ultimately leave my ex and take my kids to start a new life, which I did, and since have married again, non-addict, who legally adopted both my kids and with whom I have a great marriage. Happily ever after, right? Eh, not quite. I basically stopped going to Al-Anon as soon as I broke up with my ex, thinking at the time that I no longer needed it anymore because I no longer lived with an addict alcoholic. In hindsight, I realized how wrong I was. Nevertheless, to say, when I attended 19 years ago now, I never got a sponsor and I never did work the steps. I thought attending was enough. And it was in some ways. But I was still me. And without doing the hard work of the steps, I see now, I was just a codependent waiting to happen. 
which ultimately did happen once my son's alcoholism became more apparent. Boy, did it ever come back. And so much worse, I might add, because as was mentioned in the podcast, being a parent is quite different from being a spouse in some ways. I never felt I could really leave, nor have I ever wanted to. In any case, the podcast today was just what I needed to hear, as tonight I plan on attending my first Al-Anon meeting in 19 years. One of the women in the podcast said something about realizing finally that she was not her son's higher power, and that coming to accept that was extremely hard. This hit me between the eyes today when I heard it, and I almost started bawling right where I stood, in a line to grab some lunch during my break. I'm scared to do the steps and even to ask someone to be a sponsor, but I also took great comfort in the promises that were read during the podcast, and I'm going to trust that my higher power guided me to this podcast today, the same day I plan to attend my first meeting in so many years. Thank you, Spencer. Thank you, thank you, Evelyn. I just have to say again, thank you to Ellen and Mary who shared their experience, strength, and hope with us in that episode. Maureen writes, Dear Spencer, this email is long overdue to send thanks and gratitude for all you do to create this show and spread the gift of recovery to so many of us. When I am in my car alone, I tune into your webcast and am transformed into a worldwide meeting through your magic. I'm a longtime member and attend meetings weekly, but I'm always filled with even more recovery and strength when I listen. It adds to my practice and has become a regular part of my Al-Anon program. I have learned through your many episodes to listen to each one and not just the topics that I think pertain to my life. I always get a bit of wisdom and food for thought on every topic. By listening, I become more compassionate and empathetic to others. I always hear something I can use. I hope you are continuing to recover from your recent surgery. You have been in my prayers. Thank you for truly making the world a better place. Thanks again, Maureen. Thank you, Maureen. On topics and Catherine mentioned being able to search and I've had this question sometimes in the menu at the top of the page on a phone or a tablet, you probably have to tap on the word menu. There's an option search. And if you click or tap on that, you'll, it will take you to a page where you can search for topics for, for words uh, and find episodes that, that might pertain to, to those, those topics, those feelings, those emotions hope that's helpful. Penelope says, Dear Spencer and Tom, I enjoy this podcast every week. It has brought me much comfort and a deeper understanding of the program. Tom's share especially resonated with me this week, though my situation is different from his. Although I am familiar with the readings Tom chose, they somehow sounded different and more powerful when he read them, especially the one from How Al-Anon Works. I listened to that podcast three times in a row. Thank you for bringing us this weekly podcast, Spencer. I regularly attend my local groups, but your podcast is an important part of my recovery. Best wishes, Penelope. Glad we can help, and that is why we do it. Thank you for listening, and please keep coming back. Whatever your problems, there are those among us who have had them too. If we did not talk about a problem you are facing today, feel free to contact us so we can talk about it in a future episode. May understanding, love, and peace grow in you one day at a time.